Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. 12.35 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you on Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer en route to Buffalo for the NHL Combine. Louis DeBrusque is out at the NHL Combine doing some work for Sportsnet on this year's draft. We'll be joined by Louis here in about 20 seconds. Some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris where two can dine for $100. $20. You can text us 630-630. We'll get to some of your text messages at 135 on your top three realistic choices for the Oilers at pick 10 in this year's draft. Speaking of the draft, Louis DeBrusque is out in Buffalo right now. Big Louie, how are you doing? Not bad. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, the kids are uh, starting to trickle in here. We're getting a chance to talk with some of them. Awesome stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm doing good as well, Louie. You know, I'm a Caps guy, and uh, they won last night, so I'm feeling pretty pretty good after that uh, as they head back to game or head back to Washington for game three. A little bit worried about Kuznetsov. We'll talk about that hit here in a second. Uh, the McNabb hit. Uh, first, I guess you know Vegas is so fast. Like they come out uh, the shoot just ridiculously fast, and if you're not ready, they'll make you pay. And uh, they're ready to go last night as well. Um, they scored the first goal. The Caps were able to get, you know, as the game moved along, it seemed like the Capitals were able to adjust a bit and slow the Golden Knights down a little bit. And uh, that's something that a lot of teams haven't been able to do at all against uh, Vegas throughout the playoffs, but the Capitals were able to at times last night. Yeah, they were able to at certain times, and I think that's the important thing. You saw late in the game, it was the, the Las Vegas that came back and really started to to turn it up a notch again and find their chances. Could have easily tied it if it wasn't for that great save by Holpe. But, but, you know, that's their MO. That's that's what they do. They come out, they get that first goal. They're a team that likes to come out and really push the pace early on. And if they do get that first goal, then sometimes they'll, they'll pull the reins back a bit and go into a little bit of a defensive game where they like to just keep things to the perimeter, you know, really, really battle in the inside, and then play a transitional type of game. And they're very good at it because of their quickness. But uh, if they're down a goal, like you saw last night, they will push the issue. They'll continue to attack and try and find that next one. 
and they're just as strong playing that way. They, they really are a real solid team in the way they play. The great thing about them is they don't change, um, and that's, that's kind of what Washington's going to have to deal with, and it was really, really neat to see how they did deal with that in game number two. They got scored on first, so you, you sit there and you say, oh, no, here we go again if you're Washington. But then they found a way to really kind of get themselves into it and score some timely goals, get the lead. They were able to hold on to it. Uh, Braden Holpe made some big saves and closed the door, and the series is now tied going back to Washington 1-1, which is, if you're the Washington Capitals, you'll, you'll be happy with that. You know, you look at that and say, okay, you come in, you split the first two games. You know, that was going to be a really difficult building to play in. And now back in Washington, let's make this a really difficult building for um, the Vegas Golden Knights to play in. It, it, it's been great hockey. I think both games have been fast. They've been physical. Uh, there's been some some animosity amongst the two teams, which I like in the, in the Stanley Cup final, and I think they're battling. I think it's been real fun hockey to watch. Yeah, you're right. The Capitals should feel good going back home. The only problem is Kuznetsov may be out, and we don't know the uh, update. Yeah. We'll hear from Trotz later. But the hit itself, uh, Brady McNabb, he gets his uh, elbow up high. Um, that wasn't the... Uh, Result of the injury, of course, it was a hand, uh, wrist sort of type injury. He jammed for his wrist. Yeah, yeah. But still, do you think uh, McNabb tar- McNabb targets skilled players? I know Bob Stoffer just said an interview with yeah. that I just did with him <laughs> that he does, and you go on Twitter last night, yeah. and uh, Speck was saying he had no problem with that hit. Bob and uh, Speck were going at each other a little bit. So where do you uh, stand on on I'm, McNabb? I'm going to fall in the middle. I'm going to fall in the middle <laughs> and say, yeah, he does target the best players because that's what he's supposed to do. Sorry about that. I, I, I think he he targets the best players, but that's his job. That's what he does, and he hasn't changed since he was in junior. That's what he, the way he's always played, so I have no problem with it. And the other problem that I don't have with the way that he plays is the fact that he'll step up and, and, and stick up for what he does. He's a big physical guy, and I don't necessarily want to call him dirty, but I'll call him mean, and I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all, so... Um, I don't think he discriminates who he hits. It's not just the best players. It's the physical players, too. It's the grinders. Uh, if you come across the line with your head down, not really looking, he's going to step up and, and lay a punishing hit on you. And that particular one, I didn't think it was a dirty hit. Just a bigger guy, again, goes in, kind of turns his back a little bit, almost like Rob Blake used to. And, you know, just to ensure you're hitting body with a big part of your body and the elbow was a little high, but that's just where he is. He's you know, six foot four, I think, six foot five almost. And then the fact is, it was Kuznetsov's left hand. I thought that just got jammed trying to push away too much weight coming towards him, and it looked like he hurt his wrist. So I don't know how bad that was, but uh, that's what I saw. I thought it was a clean hit. I didn't, I didn't mind it, and I also didn't think the Wilson hit was. You know, for me, everybody was making a big deal about it. I just thought, you know, he did finish a little bit late, but it was shoulder on shoulder, and he got two minutes for it. It was interference, you know? And that that's... I think we're looking a little bit too much now with Wilson because of the hits that he's had in the past. He's brought that upon himself, but I like the fact that he's not changing this game. So uh, I like a little bit of physicality in the game and animosity in both of these teams have had both. Yeah, I know. I love Wilson as well. I mean, even Gallant was saying he's a bit of a throwback, and he sort of likes uh, what Wilson brings. So he's fun to watch, Um, not fun to uh, play against. And uh, Ryan Reeves and him have been going at it as well in this series. Well, when you look at both of those guys, you look at Ryan Reeves and you look at Wilson, the thing that impresses me about both of them for big guys is how fast they can skate. And, you know, you talked about quickness already of the Vegas Golden Knights. We've been interviewing and talking to some young players here at the Combine. 
the topic of speed and quickness has come up every single one because that's the way the game's played now, and it's getting faster and faster. So if you're going to play that role, number one, you're going to have to get there in a really fast game. Both Reeves and Wilson can do that. But, you know, for Wilson, he's playing on the top line. He's playing on the power play, standing in front. I mean, he's, he's a real presence in the game. And for Ryan Reeves to step in late against San Jose in the second round and have the impact that he had right away and carry that forward, uh, good on him. You know, I got a little bit overzealous um, last night, took the penalty. But that's going to come with the territory, too. Both Wilson and him have taken minors, and if you're going to play that way, you're going to be in the box the odd time. But I don't think that either team... Um, if you asked everybody else, they still want those guys in the lineup because that's the intensity they bring to the game. We'll get to the draft in a second, Louis. Um, you mentioned speed, and I wanted to read uh, this quote from Shirelli in an interview with Mike uh, Zeisberger from NHL.com yesterday. Uh, Zeisberger asked Shirelli, how do you address the criticism that your team is too slow? And Shirelli responded, I've heard those suggestions. No way, we weren't slow the year before. You know what? You've heard it. It's about playing fast. It's about supporting. All that stuff makes you a fast team. Look at the Vegas Golden Knights. If you want to go player to player, are they fast? Question mark. They play fast. Watch their support on the breakout. Watch their support in the neutral zone. Watch them move the puck. They have some fast D that move the puck, so there's that element of that. It's a mentality that we have to recapture. So uh, some interesting uh, things to hit on there from Shirelli. I watch Vegas, and then I watch the Oilers throughout this uh, past season. I don't think they're anywhere close to being as fast as the Golden Knights uh, when McDave is not on the ice. But... Some of that is true. Yeah, they, the Oilers yeah, can play faster. They hard time when they played them. So they That's true, yeah. They were able to neutralize that speed. It brought the best out in them, I thought. Sorry to cut you off there, but no, I, mean, you know, I thought Vegas brought the best out in them just because of the way they played, because of that tempo they played, but it forced Edmonton to play a high-tempo game as well. I do agree with Peter Shirelli and what he's saying is that you don't necessarily have to be the fastest team physically, straightaway speed, but you have to think and play the game quickly. And you have to be in the right positions, and it comes from a mindset of the system you want to play and play as a team. And you know, in defense of Todd McClellan, this is something he's been trying to preach for ever since he's been in Edmonton. I think anywhere that he's ever played, you know, he was one of the first guys I think we heard talk about. You know, you can be fast, but you can also play fast, and you can think fast. There's a difference between being fast and being quick. You know, and. It's a matter of trying to get players to buy in, and I think that's what we're seeing with the Vegas Golden Knights, is that that whole team, probably because of the situation, that each, each individual there was uh, an outcast, if you want to call them that, or a player that maybe felt the teams didn't want them, they had a chip on their shoulder, they came in, and Gerard Gallant, the coaching staff, was able to get them to play a certain way. And I do believe that that's the way the game is going and how teams are going to want to play and be successful. And I do think that Edmonton can get quicker and faster just by making sure they're playing the right way. But at the same time, um, it certainly wouldn't hurt to bolster the personnel a little bit and inject some guys in that are quicker, that can think the game faster and play at a higher level of uh, pace with skill. Because it's one thing to be able to play quick, but can you do it skillfully? You know, it, it, it's, it, I mean, there's so many different things that come into it that, you know, I think they need a little bit of both. I think they need to change the way they play and, and all be on the same page. And then I also think they might need a little bit of help and try and get a little bit quicker, just physically quicker uh, in their lineup. But um, It'll be interesting to see what they do from now until the start of next season. But obviously what happened this year wasn't good enough, and they're going to want to try and change that. No question, they're going to work very hard to do so. 
Well, Shirelli did do some tinkering throughout the season, of course, trying to get a little bit faster. Jokinen, of course, was dealt for Camilleri. Uh, Maroon was uh, sent away at the deadline. So they, they did try to tinker on the fly. We'll see if they can add a few yep. more pieces this offseason. All right, to the draft, Louis. You're there uh, in Buffalo. Uh, the Oilers have the 10th pick. It sounds like they want to keep the pick. Maybe they want to move up if they can. Um, I don't know who you or how much scouting you've done to this point, but who do you uh, who's in the range for you at number ten? Is there one player or two players that you really think uh, would help the Oilers in the future? Yeah, I think there's a lot here in this draft. To be honest with you, I think it's kind of one of those drafts that, from my perspective anyway, is it's a sleeper. I think there's some players here that, especially as the way the game is played, just like we talked about, I think there's some some smaller defensemen in this draft that can play a real offensive game at a quick pace. Uh, Talked to one this morning, Quinn Hughes, who I don't necessarily think will be around at number 10, but um, just, you know, like his personality, I like the way he thought the game. And one of the things he talked about was that he had to make sure that he was thinking and making plays quicker throughout the year to keep up the paces. Represented USA over in the Worlds and, you know, got to spend some time with, you know, the Patrick Kane's of the world learn at a real high pace on how to play quick and skilled, and he was able to adapt to that. Ty Smith, who's from the Lloyd Minster area, is another guy that plays similar to that. Um, you know, I'm just talking about the smaller, smaller end defensemen that I think play a really high skill game. There's also some big guys like Bouchard on the back end that plays a, a skilled game a little smoother. Noah Dobson, who we saw in the Memorial Cup, is another guy that could be right in that range, right there, a right handed shot that has a, a big shot that can play in all situations. Um, depends on what other teams are looking for and where these players are going to be uh, come number 10 if Edmonton stays in that position or moves up. But I do also think, though, there will be some movement. I think there's going to be some discussions and some trades and some movement in this draft, maybe more than we've seen in the last couple um, because of that nature, because particularly what teams are looking for. So it'll be interesting to see what gets done, but I do think there'll be some wheel and a deal on um, a little more than we've seen the last few years. Is the NHL Combine more about the interview uh, process, Louis, than it is about uh, how they test? I know uh, you likely worked on this with uh, Jake in the lead-up to his draft. I'm sure he asked you for some advice on what he should be uh, training for and what he should be doing, or maybe you just uh, thought as as his dad you should offer us some advice. But uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like you look at the NFL draft, Louis, and those guys are you know, 20, 21, 22. They've filled out their bodies. Uh, they're ready to go when it comes to time to hit the bench press whereas you know you look at uh last season with Middlestad at the at the combine he couldn't do a pull-up but he looks one of the best like one of the best players out of that draft so how much stock do you put into the actual fitness testing or do you think it's more about uh, the interview process with all the teams and players uh, at the combine well I'll break it up into two things and i think it's more when you look at the physical part of it and the actual testing they do for that physical part of it i think they look at potential I think they look at it and say, okay, you know, does he have the frame? Does he have the quick twitch nerves? All that kind of stuff. Like they'll look, they'll break it down from certain aspects of that. The flexibility, can we work with them? And for the most part, you can. You know, you look at these players and you say, okay, we can, we can certainly work with that template and make that better when we start to train the right way and eat the right way and do all the right things. But then on the other side of it, I do think the interview process is probably the most important part of it. I think for this right here, the combine, the the teams are starting to really, really take the interviews seriously, and that's how they break down and, and really get to know players. Maybe some of the things that you don't see every day in the paper and articles or hear on the radio when they talk or even watch when they play games. You sit there and you, you talk to them for 15, 20 minutes, and you learn you know, what the kid's about. 
you know, sometimes about what their values are and, you know, their work ethic and what drives them and, you know, are they competitive, you know, things like that. Yeah, you can see all that when they play, but when you talk to them personally, you know, some of their true colors come out and it's really interesting. I, I've really found it fascinating. This is the second year that I've done it. I, it's one of the things that I enjoy most about the year is sitting here listening to these guys talk and, um, you know, you know, you can see their eyes kind of light up because they're, they're, they're getting close to a dream come true, being drafted potentially in the NHL and, you know, what they've had to do for it. But a lot of the answers are very similar. But then, you know, you really start to dive in and hear some different things from young players because they've all had different upbringings. They've all come from different situations. They all think a little bit differently when they get on that ice. And it's really neat to try and, try and pick down what you're looking for. But no question, I think... Uh, with the physical side of things, you're looking for speed. I think speed is very important, and I think that's going to be a really high on the list of what teams are looking for, explosiveness and speed. But the brain, I think the brain, is, as we just talked about throughout this um, little bit here, is, is, is what the game's come to. Can you think the game at a high pace? Can you make plays under pressure quickly by processing the game at a high level? And I think that's really now what they're starting to look at and figure out with these young guys. And um they won't get all the answers, but they'll cer- certainly get closer to the answers by having these type of interviews, and I think it's a really important part of the process. Well, I think you look back to last year, Louis, with a Yamamoto. Uh, I don't know if it was at the Combine or if it was closer to the draft that he told Trelli, if you don't take me, you guys are going to regret it. So, there, yeah, I mean, a, a young player <laughs> with some confidence as well could do wonders in the interview process. Oh, yes. You know what? It's funny. You know, the guys come in all different shapes, sizes, and personalities, and that, that's the fun part, too. And it's amazing because as much as they're different, they have different personalities. So do the people that are doing the interviewing. There's certain general managers and scouts and coaches that will look for different things in players. And it might just strike a chord with you and the guy sitting next to you might not even think anything of it. It's been real interesting to kind of, uh, kind of go through. We've got Brian Burke on board this year and he, he's been a real fascinating guy just to sit and listen to the way he looks at the players as well, because from a management point of view, he's looking at players a little bit differently than, than we were from different situations. So we've got a nice mixture of people in there kind of asking questions and talking. And we're obviously a lot lighter than what I think the teams go through in the interview process. So we try and get them a little more comfortable and talking. And, you know, we're not there to break their games down necessarily. Like some of the, I've heard some of the, the stories of the guys coming out of the interviews, they're getting poked at pretty good, but you know what, you're, all this is for trying to get as much information as you can about a young player that you're going to invest a lot of time and potentially money into to try and become one of your regular players. And It's a little bit of a guessing game. It always is. There's no real guarantee of a sure thing, um, you know, because injuries can take a part in that too. But you know what, they're going to make sure that no rock is, is not overturned to make sure that they have the best knowledge of every guy that they're thinking about drafting. How happy are you that you don't have to go through the fitness uh, testing this year, Louis? <laughs> we were joking about that. We looked out there. They're setting it up right now. <laughs> and I, and I, I almost broke out in a sweat when I saw the Wingate bikes come out because I was like, oh, no, I remember those. I don't want to do one of those right now. How but, many pull-ups uh, can you do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to put a number on it because uh, it, it depends the situation. How badly do I want to do them is the question. <laughs> but I don't want to do them right now. Yeah, pull-ups are killer, man. <laughs> it's tough. All right, Louis, uh, have some fun this uh, weekend. Appreciate the time, and uh, good luck out there. 
All right, take care, bud. All right, that's Lou Brusque, our regular Thursday contributor here on Oilers Now, working with uh, Sportsnet on this year's draft panel. 12.53 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with some of your text messages and uh, much more. We have Mike Moriel as well from NHL.com at 105. That's ahead after a short timeout. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, Pro-Am Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and Hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. It's 12.56 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Bob Stoffer off to Buffalo for the Combine. Speaking of the Combine, Mike Moriel from NHL.com will join us at 105. And I'll run through his mock draft. We'll tell you who he has the others grabbing at number 10 and who might be available. He's been uh, down there all week talking with players and uh, GMs. We'll hear uh, about some of the scuttlebutt, go- scuttlebutt going on as well uh, from Buffalo. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes nonstop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five days attraction pass for reservations to Disneyland. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. I read that quote uh, from Shirelli as well about uh, team speed and the uh, Vegas comparison. Getting some feedback on that quote as well. We don't have time to get to the responses, but I will get to that at some point on the show. I know uh, some tweets are coming in from Nate in Vegas and Mitch that I'll get to. Uh, some texts coming in as well on that subject. So lots to get to. Head here on Oilers now. It's uh, 12.57 though in Edmonton. We need to take a break for the 1 o'clock news with Eileen Bell, Mike Moriel, NHL.com are on the corner.